0: Welcome to the Lyc Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. You've got a Bible? Go with you to Psalms one hundred. Psalms. One hundred. Actually, that's not correct. Go with me to Psalms one. I knew it was Psalms one something. It's just one, not one hundred. Uh, if you got a Bible, go with me to Psalms chapter one, and uh, I'll do this really quickly while you turn there. In case we haven't met, uh, you probably gathered this by now. But my name is Brandon, and my wife and I, we are uh, some of the pastors and leaders at our church here at LYC. And in case you've never been here, I uh, see a lot of unfamiliar faces. Um, or you're just, you know, not not familiar. Um, we are a Bible believing, God believing, Jesus believing church. Someone said "Amen." And so uh, we believe that God is the actual real living only God, that he's given us his actual living, breathing words uh, to speak to us real time. And so every time we gather, we open up the Bible. and, And I want all like eyes and ears right here. I just want us to just get on the same page. You could believe this or not believe this, but I just want to let you know where we stand when we open the Bible. When we open the Bible, we're actually believing and expecting a supernatural encounter from, from God. How many of you, like me, you love to text? I'm, 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 I'd rather text than, than call a lot of times. And, and when you get a text, those words are living words. They speak real time, why? Because the person sending them is, is living. These are the living, breathing words of our living God and they speak today. The Bible is the only book that we don't read. It reads us. The Bible says when we open the Bible, that the Holy Spirit through Scripture, it begins to, he begins to speak to us and work on us and change us. And so as we open the Bible tonight, I just want to remind myself, I want to remind you that we are handling a very precious, holy thing. Now, here's the last thing I'll say that we're going to jump into this passage. But, but um, have, have you ever been in a church service before? Or have you ever been in an environment before? Or like, well, just let's call it a movie. You ever been in a movie before? And you thought the movie was lame? You've you've ever been in a movie? You're like, this movie is lame. Like, don't judge me if you're like artsy fartsy. Um, But what's that movie called? Le Le Mis? I, I think it stands for Le Miserable because it was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. However, I went and saw that movie with someone and I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, how much like my popcorns, like how much longer? And I look over and they're weeping. They're like, (laughs) and I'm like, "What? What? you can be in church a lot of times and you're looking at your watch, you're thinking about where are we going to go get food and the person next to you is having an encounter with God because the, the Bible tells us this, that your ability to receive from God has nothing to do with the preacher. It has nothing to do with the message. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. That the posture of your heart is everything. So you could be here tonight. I I just believe you're here on purpose. I don't think you're here on accident. You can be here tonight and you can receive something, something significant from God as you lean forward or you can leave here receiving nothing as you, as you posture your heart that way. And I'm saying that because we're about to read the Bible and the Bible is a precious thing. And I just, I'm stirred tonight that God is going to speak and God is going to do something. And anybody else besides me, you can get in faith for that. Come on, anybody else, you get in faith for that. So Psalm chapter one, I'm going to read the entire chapter. In case you haven't read your Bible in a long time, you can go home and brag to your parents. You read a whole chapter of the Bible. Psalm chapter one, uh, six verses, it, it says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates. He thinks about it. He's consumed by it day and night. Verse three, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And listen to this, and whatever, someone say whatever. Whatever. And whatever he does shall prosper. Verse four, the ungodly though are not so, but they're like chaff, which the wind drives away. Verse five, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Verse six, I love this. It says, for the Lord, he knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. I want to read one more verse before we jump in. Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, it says this, but without faith, someone say faith. Faith. A little more convincingly say faith. Without faith, thank you, Kimberly, that was so good. If everyone could scream like Kimberly, that would be amazing. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever comes to God must, someone say must, must. Must. They must believe that he is, but listen to this, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Here's what I'm to preach about tonight. I'll give you kind of the whole sermon before I actually preach. I'm going to give you the punchline before the joke, if that even makes sense. Um, I want to talk about tonight how there really is reward and blessing when you seek God. I want to talk about tonight how there really actually is a promise, a covenant, a guarantee that God makes with you and I when, when, when we seek Him. The, the, the thing that I, I feel stirred, which by the way, uh, we are getting ready. November the 19th, 20th, and 21st, we're getting ready for our uh, Encounter 2021 Fall Retreat. Um, I like, I'm, I'm begging you that you would do whatever you possibly can to be at this retreat uh, because we're believing we haven't, we haven't been able because of COVID to have an encounter in uh, two years. And uh, I'm so excited about the person that's gonna be preaching, so excited about the theme. We're gonna talk more about that as we move forward. But I'm just imploring you, like, you gotta be there. But as we get ready, I wanna talk about over these next number of weeks, seeking God. I wanna talk about seeking. As a matter of fact, if you've gotten uh, your notes, you can write this down, title of the sermon tonight, is, is I wanna talk about tonight that I believe He will do it for me. I believe He will do, I wanna talk about seeking God over the next number of weeks and the promise of blessing and reward, the guarantee that God gives for those who will who will seek Him with all of their heart. Uh, quick, quick show of hands, I need full class participation, crowd participation, uh, so don't just act like you're too cool for school. You could be too cool for school, but you're not too cool for church, that is for sure. And so quick just show of hands, um, which by the way, everyone has to answer one of the questions, okay? So if you don't answer the question, then I don't know what we'll do. Maybe we'll Maybe we'll do nothing. I don't know. Um, how many of you, by show of hands, in, in the room, you would consider yourself an optimistic person? Just, you're optimistic. Like, for you, the glasses. Like, currently, my coffee is half full. It's like, no, it's like, come on, look on the bright side. Okay, by show of hands, by default, everyone else, who you would, you would consider yourself a pessimistic person, just by show, we do not have full participation. Lord, you see those people, judge them now. Kidding, kidding. Kidding. Um, I would consider myself kind of a pessimistic person. Like, I don't, I don't want to be pessimistic. Uh, I want to be optimistic. But a lot of times, uh, I find myself just kind of being pessimistic. For, for example, um, I, I rarely ever enter raffles. I don't enter, like, contests like that. Hey, let's go buy a lotto ticket. How about we don't? Because I, we all know you're going to lose. I, I, I got a real real life example of this. The other day, we're eating dinner. I don't know if you have younger, younger brothers and sisters, but my, my kids, they're seven, five, uh, three, and zero, basically. And um, they say the weirdest stuff. So we're at dinner the other night. We have a newborn. Her name is uh, Bethany Rose. We keep on calling her Brooklyn. That's our other daughter's name. So pray for Bethany because she already has problems. Um, but, but, but Bethany... She's so cute and, and we're, we're having dinner and my daughter Brooklyn, she's five. All of a sudden she starts like crying. She's like, <laughs> we're like, Brooklyn, what's wrong? <laughs> Brooklyn, what's wrong? She goes, I'm just, I'm really concerned about Bethany growing up. We're like, oh, like what? Like wh- why are you concerned about her her growing up? I, I swear to you. And out of her mouth, Brooklyn goes, I'm just, I'm really nervous she's gonna be prettier than me. What if she's prettier than me? I'm just, I don't want anyone to be prettier than me. Like this this is Brooklyn. She's concerned that her five-day-old sister is going to be more. And then you got Evelyn. Evelyn is my my oldest. She's seven years old. She is the opposite. Evelyn is like Miss Optimistic, Miss Confidence. Same dinner table. Brooklyn's crying. Evelyn goes, hey, mom and dad. So they announced today they're doing student of the month in October. And she goes, I know it's going to be me there's no one in my class as good as me. I know, and like, here's the difference in a, in a pessimistic glass half full and an optimistic glass half, did I do that in reverse? You, 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 you know what I mean. I say that because, here's my question tonight, when it comes to God, what category do you fall in? When it comes to the promises of God and the things the Bible says, what category do you fall in? Because I've just found that there's a lot of people that I meet, a lot of people that I talk to, a lot of people that, that are church-going, Bible-believing, I-love-Jesus people, that, that when it comes to the blessings and the promises and the things that God says in the Bible, they kind of have this attitude like, I don't know, like, I don't think that could really happen to me. I don't know. I mean, that's like that's, that sounds kind of too, too, too good to be true. Now, we're going to talk about this for the next number of weeks, but Psalm chapter 1, the entire psalm, it it really is, in in its essence, it's about the, the, the person who seeks God. Brandon, what does it mean to seek God? To seek God is to search for God. The word seek, it's translated to search for something in order to find it by thinking, meditating, reasoning, inquiring, putting action forth to go after that thing. And the entire book of Psalms, it's about seeking God. It's about, matter of fact, Bradley, would you throw up Psalm chapter one again, or chapter one, verse one. Listen, it just says, blessed is the man. Someone say the man. Yeah. Look at your neighbor and say you the man. You the man. Yeah. You, you, or the, or the w- woman, whatever it applies. Um, oh my God, this person called me a man at church. Um, but it's, it's about the person that seeks God. We'll read through it again. It says, blessed is not everyone. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. We will talk about this next week. But in essence, blessed is the man who they're not walking, just aimlessly following the crowd. They're not allowing culture and friends and the current of the day to dictate where they go. Blessed is the man, they, you know, they're not following just anybody. Verse two, it says, but the man, the woman whose delight is in the law of the Lord. The thing that they're give, given their life, their heart, their attention to, it is the things, the ways of God. And in his law, in God's ways, they meditate. Meditation, I do not know where Brooklyn learned this from, the, the, the other day, I, I think that one of her, like, friends, one of her friends that's a neighbor of ours, I think her mom, like, does yoga, which, by the way, I know some people are like, yoga's from the devil. That could possibly be true, but I have heard there's Christian yoga, so maybe she does Christian yoga. I don't know. But Br- Brooklyn, I can't even do it because I'm not flexible. The other day, Br- Br- Brooklyn goes, Dad, watch this. I can meditate. And she goes, hum. So, Brooklyn, get you get on your knees and pray. That is not, that's not Okay. But meditation is not that. Meditation is the constant thinking, chewing. just just It's going over and over again. It's what consumes you. The Bible says blessed is the man. By the way, that word blessed, it literally is just translated this, happy. Happy. Full of joy and peace. Happy. Full of contentment excitement and zeal for life. Can, can I tell you what I think that like this generation needs maybe more than anything? It it's it's joy. It's it's the peace. It is the 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 zeal for life that is only found by the power of God's spirit. This is blessed is the man who's seeking God. It it, it continues on and we won't re read, read all of it but In essence, this psalm, it's about seeking God. And here's what I want you to see. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The first thing that is so obvious and so apparent to me is that God rewards those who seek Him. You can write that down if you're taking any kind of notes. God rewards those who seek Him. Have you ever like worked really hard for a prize? You you, you ever done this? I know I have a lot of examples about my kids because I've been home a lot with my kids. Pray for me. Um, but, but like Evelyn, by the way, she did win student of the month um, and so did Brooklyn, actually. They, they, they both won, which is a really good thing for Brooklyn because if Evelyn would have won and Brooklyn would have not won and she would have then been like, now Bethany's going to be prettier than me and I'm a loser. So thank you, Jesus, that she won student of the month too. Mm-hmm. But, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why, why Evelyn won. Because Evelyn is obsessed with dojo points. Dojo points. Do, do, okay, does anybody, do you know what dojo points are? Because I, I, I didn't know. So like there's this app. I don't even know where my phone is, but it's like it's, it's, it's the dojo app or whatever it is. And so based on the different things that they do in class, they get dojo points. And so if you're kind, if you do your homework, if you're a leader, I don't even know what the qualifications are. All I know is 32 dojo points you get to dig in, in the treasure box. There is a reward. Evelyn is obsessed right now with Dojo points. She, she would probably like give her shoes away to a classmate for a half a dojo. Like she's all about dojo points. Something happens when we recognize, hey, there, there's reward attached to this. Hey, there, there's something that actually like it's advantageous. The, the Bible all over scripture, I'm gonna give you a bunch of scripture to write down. We don't have time to read them all, but all over the Bible, God wants you and I to be convinced there's reward from seeking him. Like, I don't know where, where I got this, um, but I, I will tell you part of the reason I'm so like pumped about this right now is because somewhere along the lines, I forgot that God rewards those who seek him. And I will tell you how, how I forgot. I forgot because there's this verse in the Bible um, that says, Jesus, he has redeemed us. Can anybody finish it? From the curse of the law. It's all right. We'll keep growing in our Bible knowledge that Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And here's what happened in my mind. I thought, oh, cool. Jesus like canceled the whole system out. He was like, all right, this whole system back here of you do good and you, you get God's love and blessing, that's, that doesn't work. Because by the way, no one in our own ability has the ability to measure up to God's standard. And so what Jesus did is Jesus, he wiped out the curse of the law, meaning this, that when you and I miss it, when we fail, when we mess up, when we sin against God, that no longer do we receive the punishment that, that is due and deserving of that, but we receive the forgiveness and the grace of Jesus. Someone say, thank you, God, for that. It's like, thank, thank you, Jesus. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, cool. So like, he, he wiped out the curse of the law. And somewhere I'm like, cool. So all this other like blessing stuff, because there was a good side to this. Like if, if you read through the Old Testament, not a lot of people experienced it because no one has the ability to measure up to God's standard. But but there is this whole other side that's like, hey, if you will follow and obey in the ways of God, all of these blessings will come upon your life. And somewhere in my mind, I'm like, cool, like all that's done, like that's done away with. That's gone. So uh, now, thank Jesus, we're all blessed. Hey, guess what? Everyone's going to Disneyland. Guess what? Everyone today on the soccer participation award ceremony gets a trophy. By the way, I hate that. Like, if if you have a room full of participation trophies, I hate to break it to you. um, You probably didn't earn a lot of those. Um, Because it's it's like, everyone gets it. But in my mind, I'm like, that's how it works now. Like we're all blessing Christ Jesus, and I forgot, no Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law, but he did not remove the blessing that comes with seeking Him. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures j- just for, for you to write down if you care to write them down and we'll, we'll go through them super quick on the screen. Uh, Matthew 4, Matthew 5 verse 4. Blessed are those. I'm so sorry, Bradley. Skip all the all the Matthew ones. It's Matthew six, not Matthew five. Uh, go, go, go to Matthew six thirty three. If you want to write it down, Matthew six four, Matthew six six, and Matthew six eighteen are great references. Go, go to Matthew six thirty three real quick. Matthew six thirty three says this. But if you seek someone say seek, if you seek first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, all these things. Someone say all. All these things will be, will be added to you. You know what I love about that? Is Jesus goes, hey, if you will just seek first me and put my ways in, in, in the forefront and make that the priority, all the things you are worried about, all the things that consume your thinking and give you great anxiety, I'll freely add them to your life. By the way, this is what Matthew 6 is about. Like, If, if you go read Matthew 6, the whole chapter... It's about you and I and how anxious we are. Anybody besides me, do you get anxious sometimes? Like, anybody, they just, am I the only one? Anybody besides from me, do you worry about the future? Anybody besides from me, do you have a list of things in your mind that you feel like you need but you do not have? Whether it be material, whether it be social, Whether you're in your later years of high school and you're thinking about this particular college, we all have this laundry list. It's like, man, I just, like, I don't, honestly, Brandon, by the way, if you're a junior or senior in high school, please listen for at least this 10 seconds. I meet so many junior, seniors in high school that they never say it with their mouth, but but here's what they say with their life. I don't don't really got time for God anymore, Brandon, because I got to get serious about my life. I don't really have time, Brandon, for for God and being faithful to him anymore because i got to get serious about trying to get into this school. Because what happens, we get so worried and so anxious about, about the future. And Matthew 6 is written to people with anxious hearts. And this is what Jesus says. Hey, if you will seek me first, all those things you are worried about and that are consuming your mind I will freely and generously, I'll just give them to you. I will make sure you have them and you won't have to work for them. You won't have to, I will generously and freely, I will open that door for you. Daniel, Daniel chapter one, go with me real quick to Daniel chapter one, read verse eight and nine. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. And verse nine, listen to what it says. Now, God brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. I I, I need one volunteer real quick. Matthew, you're, you're my volunteer, just just loud voice. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Who brought Daniel into favor? Uh, God, did. God did. This verse says, "Now, God, someone say God. God. Now, God brought Daniel into the favor and the goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. Go go over to Ezra chapter 7, verse 9 through 10. Listen to this, Ezra 7, 9 and 10. On the first day of the first month, he began his journey from Babylon. And on the first day of the fifth month, he came to Jerusalem, listen, according to the good hand of God that was upon him. This, chat, this, this book is about a man named Ezra and how God used him to help rebuild some things. And the Bible says the good hand of his God was upon him. Verse 10, Brandon, why was God's good hand on him? For Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. I don't know how else to say it. And so I'm just going to say it and I'm going to hope it makes sense. I I want more than anything for you tonight to to see, to get in your heart that God can put his hand on your life and, and, and God can cause there to be favor on your life. God can cause your life to be one where doors open for you that don't open for other people. God can cause you to be one that opportunities come out of nowhere that nobody else gets, but you get. God can cause your life to be one where blessings and increase, where supernatural things happen for you that don't happen to other people. Why? Because you seek God. All through the Bible, God is trying to get us to see and understand that those who will seek Him and those who will honor Him and those who will follow Him, that God rewards and God puts His hand on on people's lives. I was thinking about this during worship. But um, my my brother-in-law who, who is an atheist, um, he he always says, Man, you and Jenny are so lucky. Like you're the luckiest people that I like like that th- th- that I know. And every time I use this as an opportunity, like, bro, like you know I, like you know that's I don't think that's luck, right? You think it's luck, but here's what I know. That's a God thing. Oh I'll g- give you an example. Um when we moved into our house we really, 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 really wanted a fence because we have a dog and we have children and apparently um, it's not good if your dog or your children run away. Um, apparently that's like a thing, like your children shouldn't be loose in the neighborhood. And so like, like, we, like we really want a fence, but we didn't really like have the money or we didn't really want to use our money to, 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 to do a fence. And over COVID, we had all three of our neighbors, our side neighbor, our back neighbor, our other side neighbor, all come to us individually in a course of two days and go, hey, hey, uh, hey, uh, just a question for you. Um, it's not going to be too much trouble, right? We really want to put a fence in. It's not going to be too much trouble, like you're, you're not going to care if we do a fence, right? No, like we're good. And in, in the course of about three days for $0.99 for, for free. All of a sudden, we woke up one day and our entire backyard is beautifully fenced in. And by the way, they added gates for us for a super, like almost zero cost. That's not luck. That's not cool. Like I I could go on. on. Stuff like this happens in Jenea's life all the time. Like we are either the luckiest people in the world or God actually does what he promises that he would would do. Just this past week, I had someone come over and say, "Hey, you preached a sermon one time, and you're talking about blowing leaves. Yeah, we have a lot of leaves in our backyard. Do you have a leaf blower? No. Hey, I I I just wanted the store. I just wanted to buy you this really really nice backpack leaf blower. It's like hundreds of dollars. I I remember when when I was in seventh grade. Any seventh graders in the house? A couple couple people. I remember I was in seventh grade. I I I started playing bass, and um, I I didn't have a bass." And so by I started playing bass, I mean I started playing the top strings of my guitar pretending like it was, it was a bass. But I really, really wanted a bass. I really, really wa- wanted a bass. And, um, and I remember hearing someone preach a message about how God honors and God rewards those who seek him. I remember saying, God, I'm doing the best I can to honor you and serve you. And God, I, I had a little bit of money from my birthday. I got. I'm just. I'm gonna put this in the offering. And God, you said in the Bible that like you would reward generosity and serving you. And 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 it was probably a month later. I had uh, this this random guy. I kind of knew him. Kind of random though. He asked my mom and dad, Hey, is it okay with you if I surprise Brandon and I pick him up from school? Um, obviously, like you could tell him, so it's not like he's getting into a predator's car because um, that would be bad. But he's like, hey, like, can, can I pick her from school? And I want to take him to Guitar Center, and I want to buy him whatever bass he wants, uh, just because I felt like the Lord told t- me that he, I'm, I'm supposed to do that. C- can I tell you that God wants to, and God has the ability to put his hand on your life in such a way that people take notice, and people go, man, like what, like what is it about you, man? Like, how is it that all the coaches, like, just, like, like you? Why is it that, like, everywhere we go, it's like stuff just works out in your, and, and you know part of the reason God wants to do this is because God loves you, and because the Bible says it gives God great pleasure and great delight to give His children the things that, that light their face up. But you know the other part of it is God wants for your life to be a testimony. God wants for your life to be living proof and evidence that there is a good God that lives today that rewards those who seek Him. You, you can write this down, my, my second point, and we, we got to close somewhat, somewhat soon, but we write this down. You, you got to realize that God gives favor, but God does not play favorites. Ha, have you ever felt like you were maybe on the bottom of the list before? I know I have. Have you ever felt like, you know, that's great for everybody else, but not for me. Hey, I'm I'm so glad that that this happened to me the other day. I was having a really bad day. Have you ever had a really bad day and you just wanted to vent to someone before? Like you just, like you just, you had to tell someone. And uh, please, please don't do this to people that are having a bad day. I was having a bad day and um, I was telling this guy, I'm like, hey, you know, it's been really rough and I'm this and that. I've been kind of discouraged. I've been feeling kind of low. He goes, man, that's tough. Dude, you, like, literally, same sense. He's like, but you, it never gets to happen to me. The other day, someone blessed me and my family with a seven-day all-expense-paid trip to Disney World. And I'm like, I hate you. And I hope Mickey Mouse strangles you. Like, I, it's, like it's not, it's not. But, like, there's times where it's like, why, why does it work for everybody else but not for, and, and at times, if we're not careful, we can allow life and difficulty and circumstance and we, we can allow tough stuff to 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 let us live with this mentality i just hope that bethany doesn't grow up and be prettier than me i'm just i'm i'm just i'm i'm just really worried and i'm really anxious and i'm not really sure how much confidence i can have because i'm just i'm just i'm just so worried that i mean it never happens for me it'll never work for me i mean sure it'd work for them but like pfft, they must've like rubbed a lucky rabbit's foot or something like it's not. But, but what the Bible wants us to see is that God will put his favor on people's life. But, but he, hear me tonight. God doesn't play favorites. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 35, one of my favorite verses, the Bible says this. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive God shows no partiality. Someone say no. He shows no partiality. Verse 35. But in every nation, in other words, everywhere, in every nation, whoever. Now, I don't know if you're like a note taker in the Bible. I would encourage you that you buy a Bible. You bring your Bible to church. You get a pen. You get a highlighter. You start taking notes because the Bible's like a big deal. But like in my Bible, I circle junk like this. If my mic feeds back, forgive me. But when I read my Bible, I circle things like Whoever. Because you know what that tells me? That right there is free game. I'm always looking for scriptures that are free game. That, that, that's like ice cream at a buffet, that's for everybody. Whoever fears God and works or lives righteously is accepted by Him. There's another verse I love, Galatians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul's writing, and Paul says this Galatians chapter 2. Starting in verse six, he says, but from those who seem to be something, I I love this attitude, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. I I love Paul. Paul goes, yeah, those people that seem to like be awesome and cool, bro, like whatever they were, makes no difference to me because God shows personal favoritism to nobody. God shows personal favoritism to nobody. Nobody has the, I'm the favorite card. No, 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 no. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. Verse seven, he continues and he says this, but on the contrary, when they saw the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me as the gospel for the circumcised to Peter. Verse eight, he says this, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. Brandon, that's a lot of circumcision in a couple of verses. What are we talking about? Is this anatomy class? What are we? Here's what you got to know. Paul. Someone say Paul. Paul was a bad man. If if you go read Acts chapter eight, Paul. He he, he was standing there. Um, I'm like looking for like an example I can use. I can't find one. Uh, Paul Paul was standing there. And um, the Bible says he was holding all the jackets of the guys who were throwing rocks at a, at a Christian named Stephen's head in, until he died. But Bible says, Acts chapter 9, verse 1, that Paul, he, he went, his name was Saul, and he went and he got permission from the authorities to go and to hunt Christians. Paul, his business was was literally imprisoning and murdering people who would call upon the name of Jesus. And he had a radical encounter with God. And all of a sudden he goes, wait a minute, Jesus, you are real. And, and, and circumcised, we won't get into like, you know, all of that, but, um, but basically that's, that, that, that's the people, that's the Jews, that's the people of God. The Gentiles were everyone else who wasn't a part of God's original family. Peter, someone say Peter, Peter's ministry, Peter's life was to preach Jesus to the Jews. Paul, someone say Paul. Paul. Paul's life was to preach Jesus to the people who hadn't heard about him yet. And here's what Paul's saying in this verse. Man, people who like think they're all that, like I I don't care about them, man. Because God doesn't play favorites. Here's what he says. He goes, the same power of God that was working in Peter's life for for what God asked him to do, is the same power of God that I'm experiencing right now in my life. What does that teach us? That it does not matter your circumstance or situation. Well, yeah, but I mean like that person, like they come from this kind of family. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but I mean like that person, like Brandon, like, listen, I just came to church like two weeks ago and heard about Jesus. And so like, I'm trying to follow him now. But that person, they've been in Sunday school since they were three. Like they know all the books of the Bible backwards, forwards, in alphabetical order and in Pig Latin. Like they're a legitimate spiritual person. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, but but Brandon, but like, but like they, whatever the circumstance, what Paul is trying to get you to see is that the same God with the same supernatural power he will do in your life, in your circumstance, in your situation, what He has done in anyone else's. God rewards those who seek Him, and while God puts favor on people's life, He does not play favorites. Point number three, we're going to close right here. You can write this in every taking notes. Point point number three: by faith we have to take hold of this promise. By faith we got to take hold of this. Of this promise. This is just an illustration, okay? Just an illustration. So don't 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 get pumped. Um, just imagine if I was like yo, Caspian, that bass right there, that super smooth, good-looking black base right there. It's all yours, man. It's all yours. I just paid 3 million bitcoins for that. I don't even know if I said that right. Bro, I browse cryptocurrencying the mess out of that base right there. It's all yours, bro. How, how, how many of you, just by show of hands, you, you would agree with me? This, this belongs to Caspian. Okay, this, it's been gifted to him. It's been given to him. But how, how many of you can recognize this? Caspian doesn't get to to hold this, play this, own this until he gets up, he walks over, he grabs the base, and he takes it home. This could be his, which by the way, Caspian, if it was mine, bro, I'd give it to you. But this belongs to the church, and so you're going to have to ask the Lord. Um, like, this could be his all day long. It belongs to him. He owns it now. I bitcoined the junk out of this base to get it to Caspian. It's like, that it doesn't even make sense, Brandon. I know. Um, it's it's his. But if he doesn't get up, he doesn't take it and bring it home, he going to be in his bedroom tonight playing the air base. Man, wouldn't that be nice to have a base? Here's what I want you to see. This promise, someone say promise. It's, it actually is a promise. Like it is a, it is a covenant promise or a guarantee that God gives us that God will reward and God will bless. And God will put his hand on people's lives who seek him. I'm just like so stressed, Brandon. How about college? Don't be. Don't be. See God. Brandon. Brandon. What's God gonna do about college? Well, like, apparently you don't read the Bible because Psalm, Psalm 75 says that that God is the one who puts one up and puts another one down. Proverbs 21 verse one says that everything's in the hand of the Lord and he makes it move wherever he wishes. Daniel chapter Or verse 17, I believe, says that everything is still under God's command and he gives things to whoever he wishes that all the affairs of life, that God is still in control. God can do whatever he wants for you. God can open doors for schools, God can bring resource. God can, bring, God can supernaturally show up and do stuff that will absolutely blow your mind and set you on a whole different trajectory. It is the reward. It's the blessing. It's the favor of God that is promised to you and I. But here, here's what we have to do. By faith, someone say faith. Amen. By faith, we gotta go get it. I want to close with this verse and Kim, Kimbo, you can come up and, and, and play through and I think I might have a single chorus but I'll watch the clock. Um, Hebrews eleven six. listen to this. By faith or without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It is literally impossible to walk pleasing and honoring to God without faith. Why? Well, because he who comes to God must believe that he is, must believe that he is, and and oh, by the way, they also have to believe. They have to have faith that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. This will not be on the screen. I I, I forgot to give Brad this verse. But if you want to know what I journaled on this morning, this is what I journaled or put in my journal this morning. 1 Timothy, chapter numero 4. Listen to what Paul writes to Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 7, he says, Timothy, reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise or train yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise... Profits just a little. I was reading this morning. and I'm like, wait a minute. Did Timothy lift weights? Was Timothy yoked? Like, did Timothy have like like? Where my brain goes. Bodily exercise profits a little bit. Listen to this. But godliness is profitable for all things, because godliness has the promise of the life that now is, and the one which is to come. And this is this is what got me. This is a faithful saying. Worthy of all acceptance. For to this end, Paul's writing, he goes, for to this end, what, what, what for what end? For this end for living godly, seeking God, training ourselves to serve Him and seek Him and honor Him and follow Him. He says, To this end, we both labor and suffer because we trust in the living God. I, I read that and it's like it jumped off the page. It's like Paul was sitting in my living room this morning. It's like Paul was looking at me and Paul goes, we trust God. I trust God. I trust God. I trust Jesus. And so I'm willing to labor. I'm willing to even suffer at times to seek him, to serve him and honor him. Like th- This maybe isn't how you read your Bible, but I'm sitting there and I'm reading that and it's like, cause we, we, we trust Jesus. And I'm, it's almost like in my mind, I'm talking to Paul and I'm like, but like trust him with what? Like, what do you mean you trust him? And, and, and all of a sudden tonight's sermon just popped up and we, we trust that he rewards. Why, why, why is Evelyn obsessed with dojo points? Treasure box. Why is she all in to be a good leader in class? treasure box. Why is she all in to do her assignments and to like be, taking be, because she trusts Miss Maynor. It's her teacher. She trusts Miss Maynor that at the end of the week for all of her seeking to, to walk in the ways outlined in their classroom that every Friday Miss Maynor is going to go, all right, come on. Whatever you want. Why is it that my daughter trusts Miss Mayner more than a lot of us trust Jesus? I do trust him. Please show me in your living. Be, because trusting him is more than coming on a Wednesday going, "You're a good, good father, who you are. You're so good, daddy God, you're so good." Trusting him is when, when you have to make a choice. Man, but like... Like really honoring God in this way. It's gonna cost me that. But if I but if I give that up, but if I walk away from that, but, but if I don't prioritize that, what's what's gonna like what what's will I trust in Jesus is God I trust you so much. I trust the covenant promise that you gave me. I trust that you, when you said in Hebrews eleven six 6, that you reward those who diligently seek you, that you were telling the truth. I trust you, Jesus, that when you said in Matthew 6, that if I would seek you first and your righteousness, your way of living, your kingdom, that you would freely add all things I need. I trust you in Matthew 6, 4, 14, 18, whatever the verses are, where you said that whatever I do in secret, you will reward openly. I trust you, God, that when you said in the New Testament that everything in the Old Testament is simply an example for me to find faith and courage, that when I look at the life of Daniel, how Daniel was a slave in Babylon and yet found favor upon his life because he put you. I trust you, God, that you'll do it for me. See, we got but by faith. We got to make a decision. to go, All right, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to follow you. I'm I'm, going to give my whole heart to going after you. Why? Because I trust you, Jesus. And I trust that you will reward me. I trust that I can put my life in your hands, that everything that I'm worried about, that God, that you'll meet that need. You'll you'll provide for that. I I don't have to sacrifice my relationship with you for a GPA, God. You... You can, you can open doors that no man can shut. Revelation says. I close. I am with this. I really do. And then we're, we're, we're done. We're out, to Um, here, here's the question I get a ton. Brandon, all right. I want to seek God. Okay. I'm in. Good sermon. It was really good. I enjoyed the examples about your kids. Really relevant. Thank you for doing that. Um, all right. Here's here's the deal. I need to know. What does it mean to seek God? Give, give me the five-step plan. And I, I, I could definitely, we're going to talk about that. I could give you some tips and tricks and tell you what the Bible says about seeking Him. But but can I just propose this thought, and we'll end with this tonight, that seeking Him is less about a formula and it's more about the desire of your heart. Do, do you know what I didn't do when, when I met my wife, who was my girlfriend first? You know what I didn't mean? do? I wasn't like, all right, hey, um... I'm actually really interested in you and I would like to date you and um, who knows, maybe one day we'll get married and have four kids. But just, um, who knows? Um, so just real quick, what are the five ways that you want to be sought? Give, give me the five steps to win your. no, I just, there was something that was like, I just, I, I, I want to know this person. I, I, I want to be close to this person. I want to have like, rela- it has to be a heart thing first. Before we even talk about like the, the the ways, it has to be a heart thing. That your heart just says, God, I want to know you more. God, I want to feel and experience your presence. God, I, I, I want to be close to you. I want to feel your presence in my life. Would you do this? Would you close your eyes and bow your head? And I'm going to pray for us tonight. God, Lord, I pray for every single person in the room. I do not know, I don't know what's happening in their world right now. For every single person under the sound of my voice, I don't know if life is good, if life is really challenging, if they're encouraged, if they're discouraged, if they feel confident or if they feel afraid. But God, you do. God, you are so vastly aware of every single person and every single person's emotional and physical and spiritual condition. And so I'm asking in the name of Jesus in a way that only you can. Holy Spirit, tonight, I I believe like you already have through worship and through the word tonight, would you speak so clearly to every heart and first and foremost, would you remind them, convince them that they're loved by you, they're valued by you, that you desire relationship with them. And I pray that, God, you would breathe some confidence into them, that you reward those who seek you, that, that serving you and honoring you and going in your direction, that it really is, it really is the life that pays. It really is the life that has the reward of joy and peace and fulfillment and satisfaction that it really is a life that's free from fear and worry and anxiety because all of our needs are met by our gracious loving heavenly father who will never ever ever forsake us I pray over LYC in the name of Jesus that God you would stir up more of a heart to seek God not to do church not to do religion but to want to know you, to want to be close to you, to want to experience your presence, to want to walk in your ways, to want to honor you and please, that I pray that LYC in the months, in the years to come, that we would be known as a people and a house, that we seek the Lord. We seek him in our time, in our energy, in our thought, in our choices, in our dis- in every part of our life that we seek to honor and please and walk in your ways. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would honor your word, your commitment, your promise, and that you would bring great reward and favor and blessing to every heart and every life tonight that takes you at your word and by faith says, God, I'm going to seek you. And I'm going to believe that your blessing and your favor will come upon my life because you do not play favorites. While you may give favor, you don't play favorites. Your promises are available to anyone who would call upon you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray tonight as we leave here that you would see all of these things in our heart. I pray as we leave here tonight that, God, you'd wake us up in the middle of the night reminding us of your word. That, Holy Spirit, that you you would continue to, like a, like a song on repeat, remind us and stir us of what you're speaking to us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.